For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. I'm Christopher Sabat, voice of Alex Louis Armstrong, the strong arm alchemist. And you're listening to The Geek Show, which has been passed down the Armstrong line for a generation or two. and do less and welcome to the geek show on 104.5 cvfm today we're going to be having a special about marvel yes we're but talking about marvel marvel where's, where's marvel doesn't matter dude play some more fighting games <laughs> hey what Does it, <laughs> see just, I, I told you that's what's gonna happen right right you'll be all prepared for it and you'll be overconfident and then your brain will just go blank when someone asks you a direct question Okay, so today we've got a Rob who blanks out at the slightest provo- provocation. Sorry, Mike's what? just there. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have Ryan. I've got Harry Bows. It's all good. Sweet. You've um, got Harry Bows. And I'll be a Dave. Um, before we start the news, I'm just going to ask a random question if we're going to start on a Marvel thing. Yeah. If you were any Marvel superhero, who would you be? Are we, are we doing the whole Wolverine thing that we did at the quiz again? No, no, just... just like, if you Actually, were anyone from the Marvel Universe, I, I, who would you be? Well, before we, before we answer that question, throwing this out to all the listeners, we asked this at the quiz, We asked, uh, during the post round, we asked people to design a an animal-themed mutant who could replace Wolverine when he finally, you know, bites off, kicks the bucket, you know, uh, that sort of thing. And we had some interesting entries. A lot of sloths. Yeah, a lot of sloths. Um, <coughs> mine was a, mine one of yours was the sloth, yeah. was it, Ryan? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah there, were, there were a fair few sloths in the mix, and I'm not sure why. That was that was mine there, the slow loris. <laughs> he just grabs onto people's legs and just looks at them and does cute things. I don't know how this helps fighting crime. But... Um, I'm not sure either. Seriously. <laughs> I think it might just diffuse for situations. What, like uh, like the cute little kitten or something like that? Yeah. Oh, look at the little kitten. Yeah. I'm no longer that. going to rob this bank. Yeah. Because there's a cute kitten. I had an idea for a giraffe, man. 
just has a really long neck. But then I was like, oh, it's more Fantastic Four. Plastic Man, yeah. Fantastic Four, that sort of thing, yeah. Long, Does he extend neck. his neck, or is it always that long, and thus massively inconvenient for him? Actually, that oh, would be hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> it would. I actually did, I did think about that, and I was like, no. He has to drive around in a convertible so his head can stick up. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> He's got to be careful of bridges as well. Yeah. Especially ones called Jeff. <laughs> yes, it was a lame oh. joke. I'm back. I'm functioning again. <laughs> Prepare yourselves for lameness. <laughs> anyway, we've got news. First up is uh, Microsoft, apparently tomorrow, will confirm whether they have uh, whether they have or are actually purchasing Mojang, the makers of Minecraft. Yeah, it's been go- ongoing all week that there's been back and forth. Like, there was rumours about it to start with. It uh, started off with Microsoft selling Minecraft, was the original story. Yeah. Uh, sorry, buying uh, Minecraft. Yeah. And now it's turned into all of Mojang. Well, apparently, uh, Max Person approached Microsoft... Notch. Hey, Notch, uh, in other words. Apparently, he um, approached Microsoft, or allegedly, he approached Microsoft offering to sell Mojang. Yeah, there's been a bit of an outcry from gamers who've been saying like, "Oh, he can't do it; it's his baby. He can't like sell it off to." I'm sorry, but if somebody's offering if somebody's offering two point something billion for your company mm-hmm. <laughs> that you've built from scratch, and you could easily go ahead and build a different company, I'd seriously think about selling it. In um, in related Microsoft news, well, just because it's Microsoft, uh, you know that Microsoft weren't allowed to advertise Destiny. Yeah which is available on their platform, but the advertising went to Sony, and that's yeah. where the big focus has been. They weren't allowed to ad- advertise Destiny, the game, so instead they've been advertising Destiny, the fragrance. Yes, oh, I heard yes, this. I heard all about this. <laughs> what? I don't know if they're, they're getting away with this, but... They ha- they have, because they're not violating advertising standards. Mm. If you click on the link from the... Fragrance advert, yeah. it does take you directly to the Microsoft storefront to buy Destiny. Yeah. But, yeah. What does the Destiny the fragrance smell like? That's what I want to know. Does it smell like a wizard from the moon? Um, Given what Destiny's about, I doubt wizards have anything to do with it. No, they do. Space wizards. They live on the moon. Do they? Wizards come from the moon. Space wizards, yes. Space wizards? Yes. All right, okay. To break it down into the most simplest terms, there are space wizards on the moon. Like this is starting to sound like some kind of, some weird 1980s B-movie. <laughs> Pretty much. Is that all Destiny is? Just Microsoft's version of a weird 1980s B-movie? No, it's... It's, uh, it's hard to explain the law, but it's a kind of post-apocalyptic situation-ish where they've gained access to future tech that no one remembers how to use because of this orb called the Traveller, but there are advanced civilizations out there who they do call wizards, because they may as well be wizards, and they're mainly stationed on the moon. There's many more planets as well. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it can't yeah. just be the moon. I was going to say, but no, the, it, I've been watching like loads of footage, and apparently there's just like random broken-down cars in like every planet. Yeah. So you go to Venus, and there's just broken old cars <laughs> just from Earth, and it's like, okay then... <laughs> Just doesn't make any sense. Just reusing assets. Just oh, we'll just we'll just put the car on Venus. It's fine. Yeah. So there's a big like 
explosion of Earth colonisation and technology that's all just came to a... And only Russia's left. <laughs> that's from what I've heard. And the last city's got the big orb hanging above it. Yeah, it's that orb place and then Russia. <laughs> just Putin there. Like, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Couldn't resist. Okay. <laughs> Enough, enough on that one. Um, right, moving on. There's this, uh, the 4MM uh, project um, refers to the four-minute mile, right? And the ben- it was the benchmark that of athletic performance, um, and Roger Bannister was basically the first man to break the four-minute mile. And it's But this 4MM project is an initiative kicked off by DARPA. Right. Which means it's going to be weaponized in some way. <laughs> Breaking the four-minute mile is going to be weaponized. Um, I, I still can't hear about DARPA with. I, my first thought is always Metal Gear. Yes, the DARPA, <laughs> the DARPA chief. Yeah, and then the DARPA's, uh, DARPA developed Metal Gear Ray. Yes, that was their baby. But yeah. Anyway, um, DARPA have asked a robotics team at the Arizona State University to tweak its disability aids to help boost the performance of able-bodied soldiers. Um, and basically what, they, what they've ended up with is guys carry, people carrying a small-scale engine on their back and effectively taking long jumps with ease. Oh, sweet. You know, um, Super pants. Basically, they've got this engine on their back, and when they jump, they hit the engine, and they go jetting forward. They go jetting forward. This isn't a gif. This is just a picture. That's the engine on the back. You take a jump. You press the button. You jet forward even further. You turn the button off, You slow, you know, and you hit the ground and keep running. Nice. Basically, you know in Halo when Master Chief has the boosted jumps and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's basically that. Wait, with these, could I finally double jump? Possibly. Oh, they've got these in the new Call of Duty as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've got, like, the, the exosuit thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Crazy stuff. So, yeah. Um, that'll be interesting when it hits regular shops for everyday people. It's going to make parkour far more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rocket-assisted parkour. That's cool. <laughs> Have we just invented a new spot? I think purists would still want to like. Do no, 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 uh, no, no, so no. Begins. We wouldn't need to use rockets. We'd just use those twenty-four hundred watt hair dryers we were talking about last week <laughs> or the week before. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're going to make a hoverboard with them. Yeah, that was the plan. <laughs> I could do that easy. I'll just go a bit scrappy challenge on it. And yeah. We'll have, <laughs> we'll have some hoverboards. Really easy. Okay. Um. I've got to admit, I do like the look of those jetpacks. They're just like mini little jet engines you strap to your back. Yeah, need need that sort of thing. Oh, you can strap them to other things as well. Like, you know, like, imagine strapping that to a guard dog. <laughs> <laughs> Release the jet hounds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh <laughs> Has he just confused you now, right? No. Has he Stop. just... Just everything that could go wrong with that. <laughs> oh, God, yes. I should not be in charge of science. No. <laughs> no, no, no. You take the Mythbusters approach. Failure is always an option. Science, have we gone too far? Yes. Okay, uh, moving on. More DARPA news. 
DARPA is uh, right. You know how uh, this is a ca- kind of a carry uh, carryover from the previous story. DARPA is develop. We know DARPA is developing all sorts of different types of exosuits for this work or that work, and they even use some of them, you know, in mainstream uh, heavy industry shipbuilding that sort of thing. You know, very simple stuff. DARPA have uh, you know have tasked um, tasked a bunch of engineers to develop a f- soft exoskeleton trousers. Okay. So is this for people who skip leg there? <laughs> Basically, using flexible materials that can become rigid upon command oh my. in the pants area. <laughs> You've done this on purpose. <laughs> I actually managed to get Dave. That's okay. Composure. It's fine. <laughs> yes, anyway. You, um, the uh, founder of the Harvard Biodesign uh, Lab, uh, Connor Walsh, has explained that uh, they're studying the biomechanics and physiology of humans of human walking, trying to understand what makes such an efficient pro- what makes it such an efficient process. Then they apply this knowledge to the design of software and robots that act in parallel with the body's muscles and tendons and mimic their function. So, assisted walking or augmented walking? Augmented walking, like when you go on a travelator. Yeah. <laughs> but like, everywhere. or when you walk up the stairs on an escalator. Yeah. <laughs> or when you pee in the shower. Um, no, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how that uh, relates to assisted walking. No. Or do you? Uh, or do you actually like have to step back? It's like an augmented stream. Never, never mind. <laughs> but yeah, walking on a travelator is good. Trying to be more efficient than needed, basically. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what do you guys think of the story? Would you? Is it something that you guys would use? Um, in tandem with the jetpack. Yes. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Yeah, with a jetpack would make sense. So you'd already have like augmented jumps and then a boost. Oh god, you know what they should put on the bottom of these? If you're going to have the jetpack in that, moon shoes. Yeah. Basically, little trampolines for your feet. <laughs> moon shoes, augmented soft exoskeletal pants, and jetpacks. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pro- we'll probably get Nike to make those. <laughs> How how easy are these going to be con- to control? And that's not easy at all, right? Yeah. The, the, it's like it's the age-old problem. That, see what they're trying to create effectively are seven league boots. Only problem is it does kind of put a strain on the uh, on the crotch area when you you know one step is like twenty odd miles after you know after the after the, you know before the next one. Are we just building up the space marines? Uh, yeah, basically. Cool. I, for one, welcome chainsaws. Yes, chainsaws are good. I just, I mean, I can understand, you know, uh, the jetpacks, the augment, the exoskeleton pants and stuff like that. It's just, you know, it seems far less efficient than just putting a soldier in a catapult and firing him. What? what? It's the same is effect. This the, is this like the Monty Python approach? Yes. <laughs> is, yeah. is that how you would conduct warfare, personally? If we just, like, throw cows at people? No, no, said soldiers. You basically strap a parachute to them because parachutes are easy to make, you know, and a lot, a lot more cost effective than exoskeleton pants and jetpacks and stuff like that. And throw them in the air, and you know, just parachute opens, they fall on the ground some distance away. 
There you go. Job done. They're over the castle walls. I know that much. Well, people don't fight in castles anymore. Damn! I knew there was a problem with my idea. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. This is a... No, no, an Englishman's you're, you're home like, is his castle. I finally overcame the moat problem. Yes. Yeah, people don't use moats anymore. I'm, I'm like 400 years too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, Using oh, high-tech science to overcome medieval siege problems. Yes. Um, <laughs> damn. <laughs> moving on. Sega have... A, a, right, there is... Sega have released this idea, this concept of their own version of a sandbox game. So, like, Grand Theft Auto, that sort of... Thing. No. No? No. Um, they have developed an arcade machine that is controlled by shapes made in a box full of specialised sand. Right, okay, a literal <laughs> sandbox. A literal okay. sandbox game. So, you're going to be playing in the sand, in your sandbox, for their games. That sounds strange. Uh... <laughs> oh, but imagine a little tower defense game where you made little sandcastles. Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> that, that's nice. That that like could that actually one. work. Uh, but I mean, what are you going to be attacked by? Crabs. The oh, sea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the sea. I think that'd be a how. Actually, do you know ends. the interesting thing about this though? Um, for like God Sims and stuff like that, that'd be an interesting. Yeah, like shape mm. the landscape a bit. Uh, no, see, no. I want a little river what, here. What was then... that? What, what was that game that came out a couple of year, uh, a couple of years ago where you actually, you know, you could actually do all that? Oh, was it um, from Dust? Yeah, from yeah, Dust. From that Dust, was it. Yeah. Because um, a game like that would work really well with this sort of thing. Yeah. So, how do you like control this game? Um, basically, using your hands. It's all a right. sandbox, so you basically just mold and shape stuff with your hands. Ah, right. I was going to say, just the misfortune of just knocking everything over and just be like, no, would <laughs> be great. Yep, it would you be. Could, you do like a good like two-player thing as well. We could yeah, but you, you, you're going to end up with, so, with some, you know, you, you'll be sitting there playing with your sandbox and then, so, you know, and you'll build a nice little tower defence castle and then some, uh, you know, some jock will come over and stomp on it and, you know, and just start kicking sand in your face. That wasn't painful childhood memories, by the way. <laughs> it's all coming out now. <laughs> Hello, Rob. When I was in primary school, no, nursery, I pushed a kid into the sandbox. Is it the same sandbox? No, no, it's Sega's new controller. I preferred my story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> yes, anyway. Um, what could you use it for? What sort of games? God Sims, yeah, okay. Tower Defense... <laughs> Maybe. Um, Could you use it for a beat-em-up? Maybe not a beat-em-up, but... Um, you know, anything, just punching the sand. Anything that involves drawing or... Um, quite often, like in old uh, Japanese calligraphy, they used to practice in sandboxes. Oh, yeah, uh, this is true. So that's Actually, that might be where the ideas come from, then. That makes sense. You know, yeah. that, that would make a lot of sense they if you link it to the calligraphy. They sand to sort of practice making the shapes and then yeah. just flatten it out again. So that might be might be as Sega's a Japanese company maybe that's where they got their inspiration okay 
I mean, this is one of this is from like their arcade division, which is like three guys and a uh, roll of duct tape. Actually, Sega's <laughs> Sega's been like big in the arcades for years. Like uh, that's where they started off with things yeah. like uh, the they had a submarine diving game, which predated them as a console company. Yeah, but even like after the Dreamcast, their main like thing they were doing was arcades. Yeah. Obviously, the Dreamcast era, era, they were massive in arcades with things like House of the Dead and um, uh, Virtual Fighter and all those sort of things. Yeah. But House of the Dead was a huge arcade hit. Outrun yeah. and stuff like that as well. Um, the uh, Sega hardware, there's a uh, board they've got called Dolphin. Yeah. That, uh, like, it for about 20 years was the standard in arcades. So they, they know the stuff. Yeah. Ironically enough, the Dolphin was supposed to be the Dreamcast too, as well. That was the yeah, yeah. that was the project name for mm. it, wasn't it? Yeah. Hmm. So they used the work they were developing on the arcade stuff. Hmm. I don't think a Dreamcast two could exist now, though. Shut up! <laughs> get out of there! Get out now! No, I mean, get out. Given now. all, given given just how saturated the con- the all console right, market I'll get is. Out <laughs> given just how saturated the console market is right now. Sega would have to pull, uh, pull off uh, something pretty special. Uh, I don't with think Sega's too. bothered about it. They're not wanting to try. It's just like the every so often they'll be like, a, "Oh, if Sega made a Dreamcast two, take my money," kind of situation. Yeah, but no, nah, it's just nostalgia. No, so, uh, exactly. Yeah, it, it's only no. It is not us. a nostalgia. Best gaming company. They poop all over Nintendo from a great height. Yeah, Ooh, should, there's going to be a fight. There's going to be a fight. Making good games, then. They, they, there's going to be a fight here. Nintendo yeah, should start Nintendo making games. Nintendo versus Sega. Sega. Nintendo should start making new games. Right. We uh, listen. Uh, Once in a moon, Splatoon is not enough. For all the listeners, <laughs> we're taking we're taking bets on who's going to win this fight. You know, Dave or Rob. I had a uh, Mega Drive back in the day, but Sega haven't done anything since the Dreamcast. Oh. <laughs> oh, come on. I'd love to see Shenmue 3, but what console would it be on, and is it ever going to happen? Episodic, yeah. Here we... Oh, that would be We good. talked about this. Yeah. That was we... my idea, and Sega can have it. Free of charge. Yeah. Because they need it. Did you hear that, you Suzuki? We want Shenmue 3. And uh, Echo the Dolphin 3. <laughs> and Sega Bass Fishing uh, whatever number it's at now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mock, but people who haven't played that game don't know the sheer delight that it was. Have, oh, God, yeah. Have you played another one of Sega's aquatic grits? Uh, Seamen. Yeah, Seaman. Yeah. Seamen? Oh, was that, that a sequel? Was. No, it, it was Seaman. It's it in Seaman Games World. I've got, I've got it at home. <laughs> it involves fishes with human faces. Yes. That react to what you do. Oh, God, yes. Oh, that one, yeah. I yeah. that. Uh, that got referenced in so many anime when they came out. You you do realize that it was just like everywhere in anime. Mm. Do you know the only person who's holding on to the Dreamcast? If you actually if you play any of the latest Sonic games, yeah, Doctor Eggman still has one in his. Um, you know the machine he rides. Yeah, part of the console is a Dreamcast. The Wally machine that he has, because basically what it is, what? Wally stole that from Doctor Eggman. The, you know the, the bet. You know the, the circular- bet. Yeah, thing yeah, yeah. Rides. it's basically Wally. It's basically uh, the thing that the humans ride on in Wally. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> Doctor yeah. Eggman made it look cool, though. Yes. Anyway, um, moving on. Um, right, you know these atmospheric diving suits that you get. You know the kind of big, kind of iron helmet type things. The modern versions of them are. Pretty high tech stuff. I mean, uh, they're verging on like Iron Man suits, mm. and they've developed this new power glove 
for these atmospheric diving I suits. I love the power glove. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, this thing can give you, uh, like, uh, it, it, you know, the, it's like the human equivalent of Kung Fu Grip. Cool. It's like you know the power to crush uh, the power to crush like um, whatever a coconut in the in your bare hands. I often do need to crush coconuts. Yes. Anyway, does it have more practical applications? Then again, <laughs> you can crush coconuts just by sitting down too quick. It has so. other practical oh. applications. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Didn't Chris do that once? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, here in the studio, live on air. Yes, I'm aware. I'm, I'm here. I'm here all week. But yeah, uh, it can do other things like hold drills and stuff like that. It doesn't just crush rocks. But um, I just found it interesting that they would only work on the glove and not the rest of the suit. Well, DARPA's working on the rest of the suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've got the legs and uh, jetpack bits. Now, if we put them uh, put them gloves on it, that'd be pretty cool. What's the point of Kung Fu Grip? Does it do Kung Fu, like, you know, pauses? No, it's it just like supposed host, to be like... Host a, dance? It was just supposed to be like a really strong grip, wasn't it? And, you know, Is snake this for, bite. like, um, them handshake situations? Yes. <laughs> I can just imagine him trying to put the pants on with the gloves and it just goes horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is there a way of regulating how much grip you, uh, you like, apply? grip <laughs> I don't even want to go down that route, Dave. <laughs> Moving on, then. <laughs> when you start talking about uh, grip pressure and stuff like that, I can see where your mind is going with this. It's not where my mind is going. <laughs> at all. Okay. Right, anyway, WTF Award. Um, remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about the Oculus Rift and this anime girl lap pillow type oh, yeah. thing, right? Well, um... Some guys in Japan decided to take it to the next level and have come up with a virtual grabbing game. Called it. (laughs) (laughs) He did. Virtual boob grab game. Yes, virtual boob grab game. Now, do you think any of the testers will be able to give, like, accurate information on whether this feels like real breasts? Uh, I don't know. I feel sorry for the Oculus Rift guys. We've got this amazing technology. It'll break <laughs> yes. boundaries of you know tech and game and reality. But the porn industry got its hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, to be fair, the porn industry has like caused things to advance quite quickly. Uh, you know? Well, uh, the um, ar- the irony is internet internet technology. You know, all uh, yeah. loads of stuff that we that we use to build websites were developed by the porn industry and uh, things like the DVD market. That yeah. was basically like. Massively, pretty much powered by the porn industry. But yeah, the more you know. (laughs) (laughs) But warning: do not use this game if you're wearing the gloves from the previous article. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you're wearing the soft, flexible exo pants. (laughs) Yeah, I want to combine all of these news articles into one thing. So wearing the Oculus Rift while wearing the. uh, while wearing the exo pants and uh, with the, the jetpack and the gloves, <laughs> and making little sandcastle boobs in the sandbox. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to end well, is it? <laughs> that one's not going to end well. Anyway, um, it's a weirdly, it's a bizarre concept. This, and I don't understand why. What do you mean you don't understand why? I just don't it, understand why. 
I mean, it... People's base instincts. That's Have you reason. read yeah. the Kotaku uh, comment thread? There we go. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. I have read the Kotaku comment thread. So I did see something nice on Kotaku earlier, which was the uh, animatronic uh, Rocket Raccoon, who looks pretty cool. Oh, but of course, that. it ended up in racist slurs in about after five comments. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how that comes into this sort of thing, but sure. Yeah, ne- never look at the comments. Thanks, internet. Want to see best. the physics on this game? <laughs> the physics. Yeah, I'll just just imported from Dead or Alive. I was about to say. <laughs> If they got Dead or Life physics, or is it actually fairly realistic? Um, they got anime physics. Dead or Alive. <laughs> like, wa- like water balloons. Dead or Alive. <laughs> no, no. House of the Dead physics. No, uh, no. High School of the Dead physics. Okay. So, um, uh, dead or Alive. <laughs> wrap up the news? We're done? Um, Pretty much, yeah. We're done with the news. Um... Yeah, um, we're pretty much done with the news. Um, We are... What are we talking about again today? After Marvel. 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 Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Um, okay. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Hey, everybody. This is Quentin Flynn, and you are tuned in to The Geek Show. It rocks. You roll. Got it memorized? Welcome back to that thing on the radio of Geeks and That. It's your CBFM. friendly neighborhood geek show. On CBFM 104.5. And we're friendly? Well, I was doing for a Spider-Man reference because we're doing Marvel today. Oh, right, okay. You confuse me with the whole friendliness, but... He's never friendly. He's annoying. <laughs> Everybody gets one. Mm. <laughs> and what was that off? Uh, it's Family Guy. That's it, yeah. Oh, okay, right. Um, we are talking uh, Marvel movie... Uh, Marvel, uh, starting off with movies. Right, um, Marvel, Marvel's, Marvel's movies over the past decade have really exploded. You know, they basically become this hugely popular thing and Marvel's done a great job of world building mm. but how has Marvel's cinematic universe affected um, you know the comic book franchises well it's it's changed which characters got the focus on it a lot um, like I've always considered before the cinematic universe really took off I always considered Thor a bit of a joke character he's like he's the equivalent of Marvel's Aquaman really I mean, I know there's Namor, but he's actually more badass. I so, always considered Thor to be like Marvel's, uh, you know, Marvel's male model. Uh, well, it's it's only recently that they've actually tried to appeal to like. Yeah, he's never been that sexy before. Yeah. So he's he's basically been a very anachronistic thing that doesn't fit in with the rest of the world they've uh, created normally. Yeah. That's why he was a bit of a joke. He usually had his own font he spoke in. Yes. And, uh, yeah, when everyone else was dealing in, like, you know, New York and uh, having a vaguely normal life, here, here was Thor, who's possibly a god, possibly an alien, having mythologically stories. Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't get that. They were, they were going down the whole kind of... Marvel have always gone down the uh, mainly sci-fi route. And then they and then all of a sudden they introduced Thor, who's supposed to be a god, right? Okay, so what about the rest of the gods then? Mm-hmm. What the, happened to like all the Greek and Roman gods? Well, the Greek gods—I'll just call them because the Roman gods are really just the Greek gods. Uh, the Egyptian gods. Well, in the in the films, they sort of reference in the fact that, uh, uh, yeah, Steve Rogers references it that. Uh, yeah, there's only one god, and he doesn't dress like him. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Good line. So Steve Steve Rogers remains Christian despite meeting a god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or it I think they've went with the films have went the any sufficiently advanced alien technology is indistinguishable oh, from magic. Not. Yeah. And that's how they've passed off Asgard and things. That like no, it's it's not silly magic. It's it's really, technology. It's, it's really they just high happen, tech that looks like Viking stuff. It's really high tech, yeah. And they just happen to dress like Vikings. Yeah. With like giant horns. And I noticed in the second. Uh, I noticed. Uh, I mean, uh, I watched that. Uh, you know, the how it should have ended uh, to the tailor, and they made a point of uh, mentioning Loki's helmet and how it wasn't there. In the second Thor movie, that's a fascinating point, Rob. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> does does Loki's helmet serve any purpose apart from just being heavy and uh, unbalancing him and having massive? Horns. I think it's just to look like I'm, I'm wearing more gold now. Yeah, it's uh, it's a weird form of bling, isn't it? Yeah. But oh, can you imagine got, gangster got, rappers doing that? He's got an ego on him, so yeah, he needs that. Yeah, of. can you imagine the gangster rap version? <laughs> he believes himself to be the emperor of all lesser beings, so that's very emperor-like apparel he's got on. Yeah, like the horns add height and grandeur and stuff, so... Yeah. Yeah, they probably don't have a, a purpose. The 50 Cent version would be hilarious. No, it wouldn't. 50 Cent existing is hilarious. <laughs> Well, you don't need to give him horns to change that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, to be fair, like these films have had an impact on the appearance of the characters. For example, the Guardians of the Galaxy, they've redone all of them. Yeah. Not really? Yeah. Um, the appearance, like, uh, talking about the, the helmets, like, Ford doesn't have his helmet. They've ditched that. Yeah. yeah. And just... And things like, well, obviously, um, the Ultimate started off with their redesign of Nick Fury, mm. which... Yeah. Has a major shift. Yeah, they should have cast Hasselhoff again. No, they <laughs> no, 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 that would have <laughs> But yeah, that that's carried through into the Marvel universe, and uh, it's it's a look that people seem to have responded well to. So it's it's transferred back. Well, I don't know. You could well. you could actually say that Hasselhoff uh, is exactly this is basically um, Samuel L. Jackson, but he had to undergo major uh, major mm. surgery to hide his identity again. Well, I think they they kind of had to ditch um, Nick Fury's original origins. Mm. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you know, but he was originally in a war comic. Yeah. uh, Nick Fury's Furious Commandos, something like that. No, it was Uh, uh, basically Nick Fury was uh, associated with uh, the Howling Commandos who who, uh, operated under Captain America during the war. Yeah. But they can't have that for the movies because... To say that Samuel L. Jackson served in World War Two would be a bit of a stretch. Yeah, which is why they went with Vietnam instead. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. Um, Rob, get away on in this. Hello. <laughs> what was the question again? Um, how has the MCU affected uh, Marvel's comic book franchises? I don't know. How was it? That's why I'm asking. That's a terrible joke. Well, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think I think it's it's gained a new audience. Yeah, and people people now going into the shops they'll want to see the characters they've seen in the but movies. But only the I'll, characters. I'll be honest. I don't think it's, I don't think it's changed a thing. It's opened this world up to people, and the same problem is always the same problem. I've I and a lot of people who don't know these comic superheroes have been given this vast universe. Of ideas and characters and it's actually things. quite intimidating. And 
He has these comic books and no sort of any... Yeah, there's like, no... Order. He just... Go on, go nuts or something. It's, it's it doesn't ba- really matter. It's basically an issue I brought up with comic books before. There's no single con- single continuous start to finish so, story. So really only the dedicated, the most yeah. dedicated fanboyish people who appreciate these movies are the people who are already interested in the comics hmm. who actually know what to deal with, you know, coming out of these things. There well, have been, like... There has been titles that have been... You know, in order to introduce people a little it's bit more, very, that, when yeah, you consider the, the mythology is, of all of the things going on, that's a drop I mean, in the ocean, with all really. of the reboots and stuff like that. I mean, every so often after a reboot, when there's when they say they're trimming all the fat as part of the reboots, but then the reboot happens, but then somewhere along the line, they'll refer to something <laughs> that happened before the reboot, mm-hmm. and the audience is expected to the I, readers I think, expected to know what it is. I think the interesting thing about these movies is who they were for. Yeah, because. Uh, when you go back through cinema history, comic book movies with the comic book fans. Yeah. And now they've swallowed up, like, they used, in the 90s, it used to be, like, sort of movies made for 20 million, like, thrillers made for 20 million. Yeah. And these films have become so big that they've swallowed up all the money for that and all the audience for that. And they kind of become everything to everybody, which is a really weird thing for. I don't think I've book. ever seen anything like this happen before in cinema. Yeah, because it's swallowed so much money. Yeah. Well, yeah. Something I mean, like Daredevil was a niche film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas, like now, um, anything that happens in the MCU, uh, there's a huge audience for it. The people on Tumblr love it. It You'll could be. See, a, yeah. It could um, be. That's a massively different audience to what like comic books were originally going for. I mean, for. it's not just the MC, uh, uh, MCU. I mean, it could be an absolute awful movie. Yeah. And it'll make its money back hand over fist. Oh yeah, because people the Marvel. See it. I've become a monster. And well, yeah. well, my girlfriend goes to see every single Marvel film that comes out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she's not really been into the, the comic books before, so, yeah, they've, they've get, definitely gained a new audience in terms of, I mean, like... The, the, yeah, they've got a new audience, but kinda. hasn't really reflected in terms of sales of comic books, except what? for specific titles. Well, there has been certain comic books which were made to cash in on that. Yeah. Or, like, play into the the universe established in a certain comic book. Like well, Spider-Man Guardian, has dealt with that quite well, and Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy dealt yeah. with that Again, well. changing the appearance to suit the people. Basically offering a gateway to it, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, the movies... I mean, Peter Quill's got, actually... Even though he's a fairly, uh, fairly new character, he's had about three different origin stories. And the movie, Peter Quill's not really new. He's been around for a while. Mm. Uh, Bill's been around for about. This is the 2008 version of the, the Guardians. Yeah, but, um, it's very new. Uh, oh, there was a version of him, like way back the Star Lord character. There's a 70s version of him. Yeah, that they kind of took some of that and then scrapped most of it because yeah. it was a little bit silly. Yeah, but I uh, mean, uh, it was the whole thing about the uh, what was it? Uh, he's supposed to be a Spartan or something like that. Some oh. kind of space Spartan, <laughs> cosmic Spartan race. He's supposed to be the prince of that world. That's who his dad is. Yeah, still hinting on that in the films. Yeah, Yeah, that's why they refer to him as you know something very ancient. Yeah, where does uh, Fox's properties fall into all this though? Because we're talking about the MCU, the MCU, the MCU is Disney owned. Yeah, and there's Fox and Sony run films like there's the Fantastic Four coming out. Yeah, there's uh, the X Men universe, there's the Spider Man universe. It's all I think this core of the X Men universe has been it's quite long in the tooth now. Um, (laughs) Well, they basically redacted it with uh, Days of Future Future Past. Past. Yeah, Yeah. that's probably the best thing they've ever done for that. Uh, The uh, the weird thing is, I mean, the X Men franchise actually managed to do 
a reboot, well, you, you, you know, you a movie-based re- mm. reboot of everything they've done before. You say it's long in the tooth, but how many films is the seven? Yeah. yeah. And four of them are really good. Yeah. I wouldn't say well, that's a bad... I, t- to be honest, when I re- went and re-watched the, the first X-Men film... The first X-Men movie is terrible. I, I sort of go, I guess this was the best they could do at the time. X-Men 2 is brilliant. Last Stand is Toilet. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Wolverine is... The original Wolverine, Wolverine Origins. Uh, Days of Future Past is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, First Class is brilliant, and what, the, Wolverine the Wolverine is brilliant. Well, except so for, except like, for a, like the last twenty. Yeah, yeah. 20 they've minutes, had like a run of three it. great films, which is better than what Marvel uh, under Disney are doing. Because I enjoyed uh, Guardians. I enjoyed uh, Captain America, but Far Dark World was so bland. It was just so bland. It lost everything that was good about the original. Yeah, um, they beat them with tripods. Well, the original one was he is far, he's out of his context. And he yeah, has it was to a deal, He has to deal with, you know, coming to terms of being a leader and coming to terms of being in a world that doesn't make any sense to him. And it's, not having his powers. Yeah. The first one, you could always almost make have made into a Thor sitcom. Exactly, yeah. you could have. And the second one is uh, explosions and weird wibbly stuff and dwarves that don't make any sense and the world is all going to end in darkness and oh, you're all going to die. I mean, they suddenly introduced <laughs> these elves. That's what da- they were. Dark they were, elves, uh, yeah. The dark elves. Yeah. Oh, they're in the comics. Uh, no, yeah, 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 they suddenly yeah. introduced them in, you know, in, the movie, uh, in the movie world without making any reference to them in any previous movie the sort of at all. gulf between it. It's like making GNA in the first film and Transformers 4 in the second. It's that much of an absolute <laughs> massive gulf in yeah. what they're doing. And I, I think that's the thing that always stood the Marvel Fox... No, the, yeah, the, the Fox uh, X-Men movies in better stead because they have a consistent... Well, I, mean, I guess... I mean, uh, the continuity the is Cap- absolutely all over the place. The Captain but they have America a movies, sort of voice throughout it. The Captain America... Uh, the two Captain America movies do have a continuity going there. Yeah, yeah, they do. You know. They're the probably most consistent of all yeah. the, you know... And I don't think the Iron Man one and, and two are anything. Uh, I liked the I liked the direction they were taking with Captain, with the Winter Soldier as well. Instead of going down the whole kind of oh he's the bi- he's the big he- hero, went down the spy thriller route. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because mm. all the films were kind of turning at one big yeah. shapeless form, and that changed it really. Okay, um, right. As fans, very quickly, because this is the, the will be this uh, is basically the pick of the geek as well. As fans, what story arcs or characters would you like to see made into a movie or TV series? Well, pick I, of the geek. Your I, top I don't three. know about sort of uh, ca- characters or arcs, but I would like to see them try something different. Like take a because they are doing the uh, Big Hero Six, which is them using, using a Disney uh, Marvel property to do a different type of film. Yeah, I would like them to see them see them try to do something else that isn't. Fit under the sort of action adventure mode, something you know, truly you know, uh, ex- like dangerous, something risky. I would like to see laugh from them. I'd like to see them try a TV series. Well, yeah, uh, they've got Netflix. They've got well, like four series running on Netflix. Yeah, well, I mean, there's no. I know there's like Agents of Shield and. Uh, it's not Carter. very good though. Oh, Agent Carter is coming up. Yeah, but I'd like to see. There's a lot of introspective Marvel characters. I mean, that's basically Spider-Man is Captain Introspection. He has more thought bubbles on 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 panel than anyone else, basically. <coughs> um, so there's a lot of like characters that would like work well over time that you could see with growth mm. and things. So I'd like to see that sort of well, thing man, explored I, in the TV I mean, series. Spider Man, when he gets his powers, he's a student. You know that immediately lends itself to the whole like, to the whole kind of Smallville yeah, type. Uh, yeah, 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 you know, to the whole uh, Smallville audience. 
you could have, you know, Spider-Man's high school days, how he gets his powers, <laughs> stuff like that. Smallville's awful. I know Smallville's <laughs> awful. But I'm just saying, you know, Spider-Man... It's like One Tree Hill yeah. of superpowers. Spider-Man getting his powers at, <laughs> yes. that, at that age immediately lends itself to a TV series like that. Yeah. You know, um, and basically, you know, you could go through his, his college or his college years or whatever you want to call it, or his high school years if it's the ultimate version, you know, and you basically go through that. A, a Guardians TV show would be pretty cool if if it was anything like um, Firefly, but with the Guardians cast. I'd, it'd, I'd be, be for it'd it. be insufferable. It would be insufferable. I think. I think that for Guardians, you'd want to go with uh, animated TV shorts. Well, I think I don't want to see any more Guardians outside the movies mm. because you'll lose the good thing about it. It's good yeah. because there's not much of the it. Good and thing it's kind is the of, characters. Yeah, 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 no, but if you, because they're you know so different from everyone else. But if they're in like a lot of content, you will kind of get it'll bored di- of them. He's saying it'll like dilute them. Yeah, 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 exactly. It dilute multiple them. writers are the, the using is, the same. Do you know who'd actually yeah, yeah. who'd actually work given the success of like Arrow and uh, success? How, yes, quality. Uh, actually, now no, that you really. say, it, I'm imagining some sort of Big Bang Theory situation where it's just like. Um, I am Groot. Applaud and laugh. Yeah, because yeah. just keeping it like, in the movies under James Gunn, I think he nailed it. Yeah. And I don't think anybody else could I actually really think get Daredevil that. would work better as a TV series than a movie. Yeah, but what would it be? Because his job by day is district attorney. Dude, <laughs> no, I've just came up with it. America's top Mordock. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I will just say <laughs> a this. A giant head with tiny little arms and legs. <laughs> I will just say this. No Deadpool. No. It, it doesn't work. I'm frankly sick of Deadpool. Well, what's kind of annoying is that I think there's been a, a lot of bad Deadpool co- content, and people are sick of it now. Not very much good. So, really, everyone wanted one good thing, and we've not had that one good thing yet. Nope. Right. Um, and he wouldn't fit in the MCU, because the MCU is a... It's an Edgar Wright situation. It all sort of conforms to the same thing, and he kind of pokes holes in it, saying, this is actually a movie. Yeah. What are you doing? Mm. That, Marvel would hate that. Yeah. The only people who do it, they could have to sell it to Fox or, or somebody else like that for it actually ever get made. Does Does Fox still own Deadpool? As he's a mutant. Kind of, really, sort of. He's not really a mutant. I don't know. Ownership is a bit of Yeah, kind of, sort of, yeah. Right, okay. Um, I think it's time we took a break there. Hello, this is Brina Palencia, and you're listening to The Geek Show. Welcome back to The Geek Show on 104.5 CFM. And uh, we're talking Marvel. It's yes. Marvel, baby. Not things that are just, you know, marvellous. The comics and that. So funny. Now owned by Disney. Disney first, then. Pardon? Disneyless. <laughs> not marvellous anymore. It's Disneyless. Hmm. They seem to be okay with the franchise. I mean, they're not like. Can I, can I just. Oh, does that mean Captain can Marvel inter- has to change his name now to Captain Disney? Can I just interject <laughs> there? Yeah. What part of your brain thought that was a good joke? No part of my brain thought it was a good joke. Yeah, your brain has a communication issue with your mouth. <laughs> we are, hang on, we established this four years ago. Yes, it continues to surprise me how unfunny you are. <laughs> we also established this at the beginning of the show. Prepare for lameness. I'm sorry, that was really harsh. <laughs> Continue. Hello, Rob. Hello, Dave. <laughs> we're talking about Marvel today. Yes, and, we are. Uh, I believe we're. Are we talking Marvel video games now? Yes, we are talking video games. Um, 
right, with the exception <laughs> of crossover titles like Marvel vs. Capcom and Lego Marvel Superheroes, um, in general, over the last decade, Marvel games haven't really been able to capture the attention of the audience, ex- with the noted exceptions of like the uh, you know the X Men. Um, Ultimate X-Men, Alliance X-Men, ones. The X-Men uh, Alliance and the Ultimate Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The X-Men Legends series. X-Men Legends and Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Um, I mean, there's not even been a decent Spider-Man game in a while. And uh, the Spider-Man PS1 games was, were... There was the, there and was PS2 the, ones was, were wasn't pretty the, solid. Uh, Spider-Man Edge of Time? Yeah, um, the one where you play as multiple Spider-Mans. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Yeah, the, uh, it's Spider-Man, not a great game. The Spider-Man Noir is probably the strongest section, but it steals a lot from back, uh, Arkham Asylum. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the the main Spider-Man gameplay isn't isn't great. No. It, I mean, it, it, Ultimate Spider-Man, right, uh, I, I, the irony is that uh, Spider-Man 3, the, uh, vid- the movie no, video Sp- game. No, Spider-Man 2 was the yeah, Sorry, one. Spider-Man 2, yeah. Um, Spider-Man 3 kind of dropped the ball a little bit, yeah. didn't it? Spider-Man 2 had brilliant mechanics for going swinging around the city. Um, which had a very nice open-world sandboxy kind of feel where there was yeah. crime going on, there was missions going on, there was lots of things you could do outside the main story. And weirdly enough, Ultimate Spider-Man oh, also that has one. that. That's yeah. great. You know, Superman 64. I'm not quite sure why Venom's playable in that one, <laughs> yeah. but he controls like the Hulk. Yeah. Like, not like a Spider-Man at all. Nope. He plays exactly like the Hulk. But then again, that's it's, it's Ultimate and Venom's more hulk Hulk. Hi, yes. you guys. Where are you two? And so's, uh, yeah, in the Ultimate Universe, Venom's more hulky, and the Green Goblin's more hulky. Yeah. Back to games, anywho. Dr. Octagonopus remains Dr. Octagonopus. I think the problem <laughs> with the games outside of those two properties you mentioned, they've all been tie-ins for a long well, time. Well, to be honest... Has there's been very few tie-in games? Yeah. Well, it's like not exactly releases. The well, major- maybe, thing is, the majority. The it seems like be- the main title, the main franchise they that they focused on, Marvel did anyway, was Spider-Man because you had mm-hmm. uh, you had Ultimate Spider-Man, you had Spider-Man Web of Shadows, and then there was the Amazing Allies edition of that game, and it wasn't really a good game. And you had uh, that Spider-Man and Friends game, whatever He's kind of become Sonic, hasn't he? Oh, man. He has. He, he has. I've just came up... Right. We'll Marvel, make him work. Marvel, you can have this idea. But you know Pokemon Snap? Yes. It's like that, but you play as JJJ, and you have to take pictures. Pictures of Spider-Man. Spider-Man Snap. Yes. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> you get extra points if he's in compromising positions. Oh, God. Can, <laughs> so you can defame him and uh, prove he's a menace. <laughs> There you are, there's my, uh, you could have it on iPhone and have it like AR kind of thing with oh, Spider-Man. There was, a, there was that Deadpool game recently. That Wasn't that great though? It was just a vehicle for the sense of humour. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. It's, uh, these games, uh, they put all the sort of trimmings of the character in, but forget to put the game bit in. Yeah. Well, I think um, MVC3, um, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, did it both very well. Mechanically, it was a really good game. Well, it, it was, and it's more of a beat-em-up than a Marvel game. Well, yeah, it referenced the characters very well. Oh, I'm, not, it, I'm not doubting that, but you see what I mean. Oh, right. oh yeah. It's not I know, thing that I know we're counting it as a crossover oh, right. one, Dave. so we're not... It, is very it did reference the characters very well. It is yeah. Very, it's <laughs> very niche, though. As popular as it is within the fighting game community, it doesn't really go outside of the fighting yeah, game community. Yeah, but there might not be an MVC4. There's more than likely not to. Uh, basically, Capcom lost the license. They're not even allowed to sell it digitally anymore, or any of the Marvel uh, franchises okay. have worked on. I'm supposed to be upset about that, Anna. 
Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, basically, yeah, you can't even buy the DLC for it now. Okay. But uh, they've lost the license entirely. Well, the um, old one still exists, so they'll... But it was a big one in the fighting game community. Yeah. But basically, it's going to receive no support at all because they're not going to be able to make any money from it. So mm. um, it's just going to die. Fair enough. Uh, and Marvel. It's ha- actually quite sad because it's a really it's a really popular franchise. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, does it mean that will Capcom keep the franchise going in terms of will it make more stuff like uh, Marvel? Uh, sorry, Capcom versus Tatsunoko. Or That's super niche. That one. That is super niche. It's super but niche, but it's amazing it got a release outside of Japan. Yeah, but the one. thing is, Capcom versus Tatsunoko worked as a, worked as a franchise in terms of nostalgia, but, but you could actually translate it into. Modern anime franchise. I mean, they, I mean you they could, could have, they could cut, cut you, out the versus bit entirely, and yeah. something like Capcom All Stars would go down really well. Capcom All Stars would go down really well, um, but if you wanted to go to continue the versus thing, you could have Capcom versus Production IG, See, you know, which would be a good one because then you'd have Motoko Kusanagi versus who versus Ryu. But we were talking about who's the strongest um, cyborg. We were talking about Spider-Man Two earlier. Yeah, Just wind him up and, and let him go. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think out of the Marvel games, that one works. Because you you get to play as Spider-Man how you imagine yeah. being Spider-Man would be. Which one was that one? Uh, Spider-Man 2, like yeah. when you're webbing about the series. And Ultimate Spider-Man worked like yeah. that as well. Yeah, so the, the ones that capture the feeling of like getting to be a superhero and, you know, what they should be Weirdly enough, the PS1 versions of the Spider-Man game, uh, Spider-Man, the PS1 Spider-Man game, yeah. also had that feeling. Yeah, um, there were, I mean, there was, there was things like you couldn't go ground level yeah. because they couldn't render it, so they had this... Gas, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think like a, a game that really captures uh, having fun with a character and getting to control it is Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Oh, yes, yeah. you can just Hulk everywhere and smash stuff. Well, well Hulk and... Ultimate Destruction is basically Rampage. Oh yeah, but it's it's kind of fun because it has the GTA thing of the uh, scaling threat. Yeah, that they send bigger and bigger things at, at you if you start destroying more things to like. To the point where sorry, you... I've just got in my head. I've just got you know the old Rampage game. I've yeah. got Hulk on one uh, on one side, skyscraper and Abomination on the other, and they're both just going like that. <laughs> you can do that. You can just stand on a sp- skyscraper and just take the thing down. <laughs> uh, if you just like pound the top of it, it yeah. will just come down. It's pretty fun, just smashing the areas and stuff. There you go, Rob. De-stress game for you. Don't need one. I'm not stressed. <laughs> But yeah. Anywho, so we can get a little bit of a conversation going instead of you two sitting in a corner taking your own toys and playing with them. We haven't. We've just been talking. (laughs) Yeah, you call it that. (laughs) Uh, What about any other new games, new properties for Marvel? Like, where could they go in the future beyond what they're doing? That's one of the things that, like, um, that's surprising me that, like, Massive franchises have came out with no tie-ins. Yeah. Well, um, as you mentioned, Ryan, there's been mobile games. Yeah, they're still going mobile at the moment. Both. Uh, for Dark World, uh, they did one for Guardians. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like, Guardians could easily have something Destiny-style. Well, Ooh. yeah, uh, but, I mean, uh, just on the mobile thing, the thing, isn't that, aren't those games an offshoot of their Marvel uh, Avengers thing that they had on Facebook? Because there was that massive Facebook game that they brought out uh, around the release of the Avengers. Yeah. It's been going for, like, uh, the last few years, oh. and it has hundreds of thousands of people Yeah, I get it. it on my feed all the time. Like, yeah. someone has taken down... Someone else, and, you know... Yeah. And all it is is just you are a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who slowly becomes more powerful. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I'm 
I'm unaware of that one, but I know the Guardians one was just like a, it was like a cartoony, like almost touch RPG type game, and it, mm. it was like branded out like a unique Guardian story. <laughs> but like was... Monkey Island, but instead Rocket's like, I need this arm. Yes. <laughs> mm, pretty much in Dark World was just uh, just a simple like top down touch control game. I think it was just... so kind of like the movie then. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, Top-down no, touch control. It's, it seems like Marvel are putting all the money into, well, the rebranded Marvel Heroes 2014, because when it originally first came out, it wasn't that good, supposedly. Um, but yeah, it seems like, because they're going to, uh, down the free-to-player route, but it's pretty much a Diablo clone. Yeah, a bit like the Ultimate Alliance kind of things with the, the sort yeah, of... Yeah, I think that's what they've adapted from the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games and they've right, gone right... These type of games are really popular. Uh, Diablo, uh, Path of Exile. So they're going down that route, but then they're using uh, the free-to-play model, similar to like League of Legends. So you can either purchase the new characters, and they're constantly adding new characters. Like they've just added Rogue, and there's a massive list now of characters. They've oh. even got they've even got Squirrel Girl as well. Nice. Even got Squirrel Girl. Actually, thinking about it, for a solo game, for mechanically, Rogue would be a very interesting character to to deal with. Hmm. Uh, was it rogue? Because um, if you could, she can't touch random people. Otherwise, she, uh, otherwise she'll take their powers. No, but if you could, like you know, in games where you I solve puzzles rogue. with like temporary power-ups, yeah, essentially that's what you could do yeah. that very well with rogue. Yeah, I think it was rogue, and they've added like Jean Grey, and they've added pretty much everyone, Deadpool. But there, you can basically pay for the characters, and you can also have like pets, which are essentially like side heroes. So you mm-hmm. can get Groot, for example. It, it's a quite a good cash, especially for the new Guardians film, because. They released, uh, I believe it was Rocket Raccoon and Star Lord, but you could also like buy their movie costumes as well. So if you're like a big fan, you're like, oh, because they come with like the default uh, comic ones, which we all know. Yeah, completely so in-game purchases. That's all. Yeah, thing. yeah. But yeah. You, so you can basically pay to have them look like the exact movie ones as well. And uh, the thing with Rocket Raccoon is he has like the original like British accent as well, which he normally did have but if you buy I think they the in that purchase you get the Bradley Cooper voice and you've in oh, what Marvel I think they give him an Australian accent hmm. uh, well, it's very uh, London British yeah. the, in uh, they, they might have heroes. been going for London British I don't think Americans know the difference okay all right um given the mobile platform stuff then what could Marvel do to improve like the the reception of its non crossover titles, you know? And should it be looking make games at- for the sake of making games rather than cheap books? What cash ins? Yeah, to be honest, um, I think one of the good ones. Uh, what's the what, what's it called? The Wolverine game. The Wolverine Origins game is better than Wolverine it, Origins. It was, the all, film. it was all right. Yeah. It was, I must admit, it is. It was a good call there. They didn't really work. I, I think they captured there. Wolverine as well. The whole regeneration thing as well. Yeah, they actually made it into like a better game than the film would have had you believe it could have been. Well, they don't really do that. I mean, DC uh, took a bigger, a big risk working with the Mortal Kombat guys, and Marvel don't really seem that interested in the games division. Sadly. Even though they've got like a huge cache of, you I know. I think they're going for the same audience to go for the films at the minute, which is the more mainstream audience, which is why Facebook and mobile games. Yeah, it is. It, is uh, yeah. Whereas I mean, the farmed out Deadpool, like a third party thing. In the yeah. in the mid to late nineties, they had a great relationship with Capcom, and there was tons of uh, stuff like the X Men arcade games and the uh, the beat 'em up series, and also like uh, Punisher had tie in games yeah. and stuff like that. Well, Punisher, Sp- Spider Man on the yeah. Mega Drive. 
Um, there was Captain America and the Avengers on the Mega Drive. There was loads of them on the yeah. Mega Drive, actually. Um, X-Men, um, Hulk actually had a game as well. Well, that's what I mean. Like, 1996 to sort of, like, yeah. 1999-ish is where, like, the ton of Capcom <laughs> Marvel games came out. And I think Capcom's art style at the time lends itself very well to comic book stuff. Mm. You know, like, the yeah. Street Fighter characters look like a comic book. And, like, the, transferring that to sprites, I think they had it down. Yeah. And they actually brought out that other kind of comic book superhero game called Comic Zone as well, hmm. which is around that time. But that was a spin-off. Or it's, that was a spin-off of all the uh, superhero games they were making for Marvel. Yeah. But one of my favourite ones of all time is the X-Men arcade game, just because it's a fun, like, Streets of Rage-style yeah. brawler. It's fun to play, but uh, the, the sprites look gorgeous, but I just love the the inaccuracies in it as brilliant as well. What, what What's with human-sized sentinels, and why are they working for Magneto? Master of Magnet. Master of Magnet. Welcome to die! Yes. First time you beat Magneto, you found out it wasn't Magneto, it was Mystique. Yeah. Pretended to be Magneto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they just need to just try something different, really, and just... I think they just need to focus on having fun. Yeah, having fun, just try something different, because it seems like all these recent things they're trying are just copies of things we've seen before, really. And bring out, use different characters. Yeah. And at the end of the day, there's five Spider-Man movies, and how many Spider-Man games? Ah, oh, tons. The audience, 700. You know, game, we're all pretty yeah. sick of seeing Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, so why, boy, why not make a bloody Black Panther game? 12-year-old boys never be sick of seeing Spider-Man. A Black Panther game would, would I, I reckon, would be great. It'd be, like Ar- it'd be like Ar- yeah. Arkham City, but in the, the jungle. Uh, they couldn't do that. They couldn't do that. So, That's yeah. just rising the accusations that they're just copying, because they did like a Captain America game, which was good, because it stole the flight system from Arkham. The, uh, it seems Arkham like games. a lot of games at the moment are trying to capture that. It's it, all it, about the combat yeah. system. It really needs to sort of do its own thing, not just do what someone else did successfully and put it in the Marvel universe. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying that they uh, r- uh, copy the whole Arkham City um, system. A more interesting thing would be like a, a first-person game for T'Challa and like take the Far Cry Three system, but implement a sort of uh, action system That's that they had in the recent game Shadow Warrior. That, and actually, I think yeah, that would work. I think that would really work, you know. But with you know Marvel continuity in there, and that would work. Like you're saying, oh, that was there, and this was here, no, yeah. that'll do yeah. this. I mean, we were talking about world building earlier, and yeah. like, there's some great locations. Like, imagine being behind enemy lines in Latveria, for example. <laughs> that'd be that'd be an interesting one, actually. That'd be because you're surrounded by Doombots. Yeah, like Cap- Cap- like Castle Wolfenstein, but with Doombots instead of Nazis. Yeah. See, yeah, and, ca- yeah. Uh, and who would you put in that, Captain America? Uh, Captain America would work. You could Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah. Nick, Fury Nick Fury would be. be that would be that. That'd actually work as a Nick Fury game. It would just be Wolfenstein. That's yeah, that's the problem. It's just yeah. trying to find something new. Like, uh, for example, when you're talking about what uh, they could do with Marvel vs. Capcom, they could just go down the route uh, that DC have done, do like an Injustice style game, mm. where it's just Marvel characters well, beating up each other. There, uh, there was Rise of Inhumans, mm. uh, which. Resident Perfect. Resident Perfect. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. The the fight systems is eh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the whole top down thing is well. game. 
a Doctor Strange game. Yeah, that'll, that'll be coming. I, I would imagine. Think so. we'd need to like introduce Doctor Strange to the MCU first. A JRPG. He's coming. A JRPG, like you know, a Skyrim type game. There you go. Mm. That's what I mean. You'll Doctor have Strange. the eye of Agamemnon. <laughs> Agamotto. That'll Agamotto. Do. Whatever. I don't know. I, I know he does this. It can't be the eye of Agamemnon because <laughs> that would work. <laughs> That would make that would make like the Iliad a whole different book. They're just trying, you know, different stuff. You, you know, know, he has the hand genres. He was a surgeon before he yeah. became Doctor Strange. Hmm. So start off the game as trauma center, and then <laughs> that's a, that's basically what I'm thinking. You start off the game in like a trauma center style style thing, and then you basically evolve into Oblivion, where he's but going around. If you had it on something, to, if you had it on something like the Wii U, you could sort of draw. Things on the uh, on the pad to cast cast spells. Yeah, he tends to sort of make arcane symbols in yeah. the air. But I think Doctor Strange would be a, would be an interesting one. Yeah, as more of an adventure game though. Mm. Yeah, because he's he's not really into the whole kind of fighting crime stuff. He deals with all these myst- mystical matters. You know what I would like? What? Uh, Luke Cage and the Immortal, the Iron Fist, was it? Yeah, and sort of Streets of Rage, sort of very retro. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be good. Cool. Yeah. You know. Make a play. Make Shang Chi. Uh, uh, yeah, let's go, character let's go with all the racist stereotypes. Just bung them all in there. No, <laughs> Shang Chi was uh, like the seventies Marvel master of kung fu. Yeah, racist stereotypes. There was a. Did he have like a long white mustache? And he no. whenever somebody like sliced the sword, and he jumped on the sword. No. And then stroked his mustache. No. <laughs> he was clean shaven. On that day. Yes. No. Throughout the whole comic book series. <laughs> Actually, Iron Fist was quite interesting in UMVC3, his fighting style, mm. so it'd be nice to I'd see him that. in a... Yeah, I'd like to see him in a movie as well, them two, that'd be... Yeah. All right, because they're not superheroes, the, in, the vigilantes. In the comics, he, he had a very good fight oh, yeah. with Spider-Man. Yeah. Because, obviously, Spider-Man's go, oh, I've got Spider-Sense, I can dodge that. But and Iron Fist kicked in the face by very Iron Fist. good. <laughs> yes. So it's... That's why he's called Iron Fist. I don't think they need to take risks with some lesser-known properties. Because yes. they've got so much to work with, and they just don't care. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like they're so focused on what people in general know that they're not willing to take a risk. Well, I think it's what they've said, because the movies are out, let's have a thing with that, those characters in. Yeah, it's no, an easy t- sell. Yeah, yeah. They, they took a risk with Guardians. and look Guardians at paid off in terms of the movies. Exactly. I mean, it, they could take a risk with, from, risk with games. From yeah, financial James, standpoint. James, directing it. James Gunn's nuts. Have you seen his yeah. films? And having him directing a Marvel film, that's a huge risk. Yeah, from huge. a financial standpoint... Yeah. You know, they probably could go over something. Like, yep. There's this talk of them doing like Black Panther in humans, what? like loads. Uh, there well, hasn't there hasn't really been. Stan uh, Lee's kind of dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, he says it's basically not, being made. There's not really a decent Iron Man game out, is there? There's been three Iron Man no. films, mm. and he'd be a superhero that would be fun to play as. Do you know what Iron Man? Iron Man would work as a puzzle game. Building suits. Okay. <laughs> Basically, I, you know uh, what they should do, right? They should get the Superman 64 engine and just put uh, Iron Man on top of it. <laughs> uh, classic. classic. No, they should take uh, Zone of the Enders and put Iron Man in it. No, no, no. funny. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> Professor Layton engine and Iron Man. Superman 64. Are you just taking like the most boring bits of being that Superman, a uh, superhero, and then saying... No, no, no. Should, Basically, he's They not... should make a game about when Spider-Man has to sew his suit up after uh, it gets damaged. No, it's Iron Man made suits for pretty much every occasion, yeah? <laughs> so you have the bit... You have your... Uh, you Maybe know, he's christening. The ne- you have the next like big bad to be. <laughs> it has a titanium but, bow tie. <laughs> you know... <laughs> 
he has the next big bad to beat, uh, and he can't do it in the suit he's got. He's got, a, you know, it might be like so. He's off to the tailors. It might be a problem under, <laughs> you know, uh, in, in the deep sea. So he's got to use, you know, something more like a diving suit. It might be a problem in space, and he can't use the Mark Seven for that because Mark Seven don't, uh, you know, can't. He's handle space. totally a strategy game player, isn't he? He, he just comes out. And just have Marvel Sims. <laughs> All right, okay, on, the, on, uh, on that note with Marvel Sims, we're going to take a break because that would actually work given all the weird relationships they establish. I'm Christopher Sabat, the voice of Roanoa Zorro, and you're listening to The Geek Show on thegeekshow.co.uk.uk. What up? Welcome back to The Geek Show on 104.5 CVFM. We're talking Marvel on our show today, but first up, we've got some reviews to kick you off with. Yes, um, starting off with me, and uh, Mr. Morgan's Last Love from Arrow Films, or is it Arrow Video? I can never remember. Arrow Video is the, you yeah. know, the cult sub-level. Um, so it'll be Arrow Films then. Um, Mr. Morgan's Last Love, it's uh, based on uh, the French novel uh, La Dosseur Assassin uh, by uh, Francois Donner, and Michael Plane, uh, Michael Plane? <laughs> Michael Kane. <laughs> Michael Kane plays an elderly widower living in Paris. Um, his wife has just passed away, and <coughs> he's, uh, he's more than a little suicidal. And he doesn't have a good relationship with his son and daughter, um, who blame him for various things. And so he's in Paris by himself. He has a housekeeper who comes like once a week to make sure he's still alive and feed him and stuff like that. And through just going through everyday routine, he... Ends up on a bus. The bus driver can't really drive very well. He almost falls onto some guys, and this young woman helps him out. Um, call, uh, and he develops a relationship with this young woman, who's very, who's much much younger than he is. You know, young enough to be, you know, almost young enough to be his granddaughter in a way. Mm. And you know, they develop this relationship um, because, and it's never quite clear in the movie. What kind of a relationship it is? There's elements of it being like a father, a father, granddaughter, grandfather, granddaughter relationship. Elements of it being father daughter. Elements of it being, you know, more of a more of a mutual attraction to each other, and elements of it being kind of just really good, really good friends. Bit of lost in translation there, then. Yeah, it is a bit lost in translation. You know, the relationships are very, very muddled. And don't really be start becoming clear until uh, until towards the end of the movie, when uh, you know um, when you meet, see when you know when the audience is introduced to uh, Michael Caine's son and daughter. Daughter's quite abrupt and very businesslike. The son is full of anger at his dad. You know, um, it's an interesting film, but it's not really a great film. Um, it just—it's trying to be an emotional drama, but it lacks much of the intensity that you want from that kind of drama, and it lacks—it uh, lacks a great deal of focus on the characters. And it needed more time to grow the characters and to explain the characters in particular. Okay. Yeah, you know, they do. You know, some of the camera work's interesting because they have this kind of—they try to play on the whole surrealness by, you know, by making the lightning softer in certain scenes and you know you know when you have a dusty room and you have the light shining through and you get like that haze effect they play around with uh, those sorts of things as well but it never quite 
kind of gels together into one complete whole. Right. You know, it, it's a, it's an interesting movie, and I like the idea of you know I I liked where it was going at times, but at other times it's just kind of you know I, I was just sitting there going, oh, look, you've just lost me again. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's Mr. Morgan's Last Love. It's out from uh, Arrow uh, Arrow Films. Um, if you like your emotional dramas, it you know if you're a Michael Caine fan, it's worth giving a try. But I, I'd only go as far as that. Nobody blows the bloody doors off. Exactly. Okay. Uh, I'm I reviewed uh, Dude Ra. It has been out a little while. Uh, it's a limited edition uh, Blu-ray release from All the Anime. Oh, Inter- Anime Limited. Well, whatever they were called, but yeah. Uh, the release thing is it was financed by Kickstarter, uh, and it includes all 24 episodes and uh, the two sort of OVAs, I suppose you'd call them. Uh, and the uh, start is by the guy who uh, directed uh, Haibane Renme and uh, Bakano. And it's not so much a story about one individual, it's the story about a collection of people and how all their stories intertwine about in a suburb or a district of Tokyo called Ikebukuro. Yeah. And uh, the interesting thing about it is just how formally expressive and sort of risk-taking it is. And the animation is quite minimal because it's got like this core cast of, say, 15 people. And the rest of the cast, the ones who aren't interesting, is sort of in a very shaded sort of uh, design. And there's a reason behind that. It all makes sense in the end when it all, all the story has unfolded. Uh, but the, it's like formally interesting in that respect because it plays around with what it can do and what it can show in episodes. Well, uh, as, a, as a genre at a whole, I kind of like the sort of thriller anime approach. Well, it, it, it doesn't need to be an anime. I think that's what I like yeah. about it. There's some animes where, like, yeah, we're anime! <laughs> and this one is just a story told in a very interesting yeah, and intricate way. Yeah, even if people way. weren't interested in anime, it's yeah, a good yeah. thriller story that I it, think... It yeah. really is. It's, it's more like a traditional TV show, isn't it? It's got... Like, arcs there's the first season and the second season the first one i think works out better because it incorporates a little bit more of that uh, schizophrenic art design yeah uh and it's uh, a thing that sells it for me is uh, the cast it's an absolute fantastic cast i'm not going to run through it but there's like architect there's character groups there there's the yellow uh scarves there's the slasher there's uh the blue scarves there's the dollars uh, there's all these people getting manipulated by this shady character who never really gets fully, you know, understood or explained in Isaiah, who is a bit of a... He, he treats humans as playthings. Mm. Uh, there's Shizuo, who's become a firm favourite of mine, who is a character who whose brain doesn't know how to, you know, take it easy. And he's broke his body to such a point that he can pick up uh, road signs and... It takes a toll on him doing it, but he doesn't oh, it like, to acknowledge it. Adrenaline junkie, that's yeah. what he is. Yeah. But it's really interesting, and, and the thing it plays around with as well... There's uh, the biker girl as well. Yeah, the uh, headless rider, the black rider. Kelty. Uh, Dullahan, from an yeah. Irish folktale. Uh, and the interesting thing there is, it, as well as uh, the formal experimentation, it just has great fun at the expense of sort of pop culture. Uh, I mean, the guy directed Bacano, and two characters appear from Bacano, and uh, it has like big corporations like HMV, Amazon, Yahoo. It has their own little spin on that sort of mm-hmm. thing to sort of pad it out at sort of detail level. 
Uh, and it, it, it's really good. I loved it immensely. It just plays out in such a fascinating way. And not having one core set of characters, it just, you know, darting off all over the place, it keeps it fresh, I felt. Uh, the problem, frankly, though, I mean, the, it's put, put together really well. The presentation of the DVD, super nice. Everything works so well. But the subtitles are a problem. I mean, if you watch, like, uh, anime online... They have worked out how to do two set of subtitles in the same time. Yeah. Particularly, you know, it works well, it works nicely. Uh, but on this one, kind of overreached their grasp, to be honest, because there's times where subtitles don't actually appear for certain bits of text. It's not text or subtitle that would kill the series if you didn't know what they're saying. Yeah. It's kind of secondary, you know, babble, you know, filler lines. But it is a kind of a bit distracting when dialogue drops out. Right. It, it's a really, really yeah. nice release. I didn't watch the English dub because it's the English dub. I want to watch anime to enjoy it rather than, you know, be annoyed by it. Even though Bacano was very good in that and he is, you know, titles yep. like that. Uh, but yeah, it's a hearty, 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 hearty recommendation from me. Fantastic. And that's uh, Do Ra 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 and it's on uh, all the anime, Anime yeah. Limited. Well, as, as as I was saying, like as a thriller, if it was a book, I'd want to read the next chapter. The only thing, going like the only that. thing that sort of prevents it from being I, I've acted is uh, uh, the supernatural element. It's a supernatural element, and uh, I forgot his name now. The super strength guy. It was a bit, you know, crazy. Yeah. But other than that, there is absolutely no reason for it to be. Yeah. In anime, it, it, it's so accessible. I think. Fantastic. Right, um, next up from me, uh, I'll, <laughs> since we're doing anime, I'll go with Carnival first. Right, um, Carnival is an odd series. Um, it starts off with a young boy who, with weird hair, uh, wearing uh, wearing handcuffs and a weird bracer, called Nal, who is um, being assaulted in certain ways by... <coughs> some strange woman um, in a mansion. Um, whether it's mutual assault, I don't know. It never really goes into explanations. And then some guy causes, sets off an explosion um, and they escape together because the guy wants the bracelet that Nal is wearing. Can you just say in that gap there, they are releasing the season two of Durarara next year in yes. 2015, so fans of that, look out. Yes. Um, okay. Um, the main two characters are Nal and Gareki, and they uh, the whole series revolves around circuses. Um, in the world of Carnival, circuses are basically like a kind of police force right. type thing. I don't know how this idea came up, but they are basically like a police force, um, and they are tasked by the government to combat specific types of creatures who are effectively demons. Demon puppets, demons, that sort of thing. And it's this one is a series that would be classed as um, Sean and I rather than Yaoi. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is a, a, a boys' love series. Mm-hmm. So it's a good thing you didn't review this. It's full of bishies, right? And those bishies go all moon-eyed at each other. Do they have the same face? Um, Effectively, yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And they go all moon-eyed or calf-eyed or whatever you want to do at each other. You know, and Nal is basically the, uh, you know, uh, Nal is basically the kind of feminine 
Bishy character, and Gareki is the masculine Bishy character. So you do the math. No, it doesn't go into full on yaoi, but there is, there's a huge shonen eye content in this. So a lot of implied to set off the fangirls. Yes. Carnival's we're, one of those going series... going the curtains now. Oh, something really going on Car- here. Carnival's <laughs> one, of those se- one of those series that Fujoshi's absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. By, and if you don't know what the word Fujoshi is, Google it. Right? Because <laughs> I'm not going to bother explaining, explaining on the radio. Uh, any good, though, for the audience? The thing is, in terms of design, Carnival is actually quite impressive in terms mm. of its design yeah. mm. you know the characters <clears throat> the costumes every, you know there's loads of great uh, loads of great visuals in the series yeah you know, so, and some weird ones but loads of great ones um, one of the characters is effectively like the gypsy queen of the circus and she's larger than life with sparkles and glitter and everything like that she's everything that you would expect the kind of gypsy queen character to be you know, and they managed to nail the design of a lot of the characters in this really imaginative um, way, which, seriously, if cosplayers took a look at this anime, they'd have loads of ideas mm-hmm. you know, for different costumes. <laughs> and they'd be unique because not many people would look at this sort of show and say, right, I'm going to cosplay as that. It does have its fan base. It does have its fan base, but in, in most conventions, you'll see... You'll see cosplays of what's regu- what's popular. Naruto and Attack on Titan. There you go. That's it. <laughs> and the odd pair of pajamas for Bleach. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, um, the story is uh, it's kind of hit and miss. You know, it, it it overplays the melodrama too much and underplays the action. You know, uh, it, it doesn't really find that balance between. Um, what's going on, and what uh, what you know, what's happening at a particular point, and what needs to happen after that? You know, it, it's a bit disjointed in that way. Um, the characters are, you know, there's a nice mixture of characters, but they don't really quite gel. Okay. You know, um, and part of that is due to the script, um, which is full of cheesy lines, because obviously this is a Shonen Eye series, so there are certain lines that must be said. Yeah, in all shonen eye anime, and it's usually said by you know the feminine character to the masculine character while he's got while the feminine character has gone carfied, and there's sparkles and stuff like that going all over the place. So yeah, it doesn't quite work because of those. It, it, it is very stereotypical in terms of its dialogue, you know, very very stereotypical, and that's one of the reasons why the, that's in fact the main reason why the characters don't quite work. But overall, if you are if you like your shonen eye anime, this is a great title for you. You know, if you don't, uh, and if you just want to, you know, have like a visual feast of design, this is not a bad one to watch. There's loads of different uh, design work on show that really works. But that's really the best thing about the show. Um, so yeah, okay, that's Carnival. And final review. From me again. Uh, keep it quick. It's a. This is the quickest review uh, uh, of all. This of is them. A odd world, new and crunchy, isn't it? No, new and tasty. New exactly. And tasty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Crunchy, tasty, same thing. If, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember, just like this is Rupture Farms, then that's all. All. <laughs> yes. Basically, Odd World, new and tasty. It's uh, developed by Just Edward, uh, released by Odd World Inhabitants. Um, it's. It is basically the same game 
as Abe's ex Abe's uh, Odyssey. But with right? a sheen on, a nice sheen. Nope. Go on. Right. Um, the graphics have been totally redone. It's not just like a HD. Oh, well, yeah, re- it's not like a HD re-release of a PS One game. They couldn't do a HD re-release of a PS One game. It's just so a glossy thing. Yeah. It's glossy of the same stuff. Yeah, they had to rebuild all of it. And it yeah. look, visually, it looks stunning. There have been some minor tweaks to the game. Um, in you terms of you the said story. in terms of the game speak, um, we'll get to the game speak in a second. In terms of the actual how the story plays out, there have been some minor tweaks which are hardly noticeable unless you have played the original Oddworld recently. I mean, have they addressed the difficulty at all, or is it still as challenging as it it's was? It's still as challenging as it was because that is really hard mm. to save all the Madokans. Is yeah, I know it's still as challenging as it was, but that's one of the reasons why I think. Uh, see, Dave and I had this discussion earlier about classic games, and I, I'm happy. You know, I know that Oddworld. Oh. has had s- criticism <laughs> for being the same game as it was 10 years ago. I actually don't see the problem with that. It's 10 years ago. It's not like last month of Call of Duty or whatever. Yeah, the title, thing is, you know. I, I don't see a problem with having this, game, uh, having this game stay the same. I don't see why when you do a HD re-release... What about Worms? You know, it, that's, that's exactly, exactly the same game and it's not mm. picked on for being... Exactly, but so many people have, sl- uh, have picked on Oddworld for being exactly the same game. Well, uh, and they're saying that if you, they're saying that you can only like this game if you like the original game. I I disagree. I think they're talking out of their backside. It's a fairly timeless classic. Right way on the toilet. Puzzler. It's a timeless classic puzzle. Well, it was yeah. it was, it was out of left why. field at the time. It wasn't going with the the current industry trend as it was. Yeah. No, no. But it's still a classic. To yeah. All exactly. Times. I mean, I'd I'd happily let my uh, my nephew of ten years old play this game, and he'd enjoy it immensely. Important question. Yes. Can you still possess your own farts? I or have you not tested that? I haven't actually tested that. Uh, I'm embarrassed to admit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The uh, thing is, I'm going to go home and test that. So, <laughs> for people who haven't played it... Is I it don't mean that literally. Is but pay- anyway, uh, one, 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 one problem. One oh. problem is the game speak. They've changed the game speak. I don't know why, but there's little Hello. details of the game, game speak that, that, that they sound wrong. Okay, and yes, I know that's nostalgia for me coming into play, but they just don't sound the same. Hello is one of them. But as a breakdown for people who haven't played the game, it's got a very polarising art style. Yes. It's very cool, very creative. The 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 odd world inhabitants are odd. Yes. And yeah. you won't find a creature that looks familiar or like you won't find things that are easy to relate to. But they've done a lot with the emotion of the characters that you can relate to yeah. something that looks so alien. Exactly. But it might turn a lot of people off because the art style is very dark and very If it different. turns people off, right, my one piece of advice to them is this. Have you ever enjoyed a Sonic game? Because if you have, you've got no right to talk. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog has taught completely alien characters as well. No, but they're, they're familiar. Not human, they're not humanoid and they're not familiar. They look like Mickey Mouse characters. They are familiar to a mainstream audience. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, but the, uh, the characters in this also look like cartoon characters. From moving on, angle. moving on. It's not a point to get stuck on. Anyway, moving on. That's it for the reviews. Yes, that's it for the reviews. Um, we're going to take a... Uh, we're going to take a very quick break oh. and we'll be back in a few minutes with animation and graphic literature. All right, this is Zeb Brannigan. You're listening to The Geek Show on 104.5 CVFM. You're listening to The Geek Show on 104.5 CVFM. Yay! Yay. <laughs> we got there eventually. 
And we're talking about Marvel, and we're on the, the animation and graphic literature. Yes. Yes, we are. Um, are Marvel, Marvel make comics now? Yeah, Marvel apparently make comics. But before we get onto them, are Marvel cartoons and anime actually any good? Well, if you split them up into movies, the DC have nailed it with the animated movies, whereas Marvel's not really. But the well, TV I shows, I think Marvel are doing much, much better stuff. I don't know. I don't think so. I've seen Ultimate Spider-Man. It's not very good. Well, I was referring most of the Avengers uh, F's Mightiest Heroes. That was a really yeah, nice series. That, that's, that's like their best one. Yeah. I'm just nailing well, all at the moment. If we're not talking nostalgia, because I loved the nineties, uh, the nineties version of Spider-Man, the nineties X-Men was brilliant. Yeah, the nineties uh, Avengers was go- really good as well. 90s, was was ni- there a nineties Avengers? Yeah, there was nineties Avengers. There was nineties Iron Man. There was nineties uh, Incredible Hulk. There was nineties X-Men, X-Men Spider-Man. Uh, it, it was the Wolverine, Wolverine and X-Men. Yeah, well, the the X-Men was probably the strongest of the uh, bunch. Yeah, to be and nineties uh, Spider-Man. Have was, you ever seen? That was very popular in Japan, the 90s X-Men cartoon. Yep. Uh, they produced their own intros for it. Yep. Have you ever seen them? Their, their music choice is just amazing. Yes, I know. But it's it's like the uh, the Spider-Man in Japan. Mm-hmm. What, well, With his mech. car and his giant robot. Oh, you mean the 90s Sentai... Uh, sorry, the... the 80s. Seven, 80s? It was okay. the 80s Super Sentai yeah. uh, Spider-Man. Well, Spider- getting back to cartoons... At least it wasn't the Korean one balancing on the building. Back to cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Back to cartoons. Yes. Anyway, back to cartoons. Well, um, are we, the Marvel cartoons actually any good? I'm, I'm talking more the modern ones rather than the 90s. In the past five years, uh, they've produced a lot of animated apta- adaptations of... Um, Which haven't really been good. They've not. I got very disappointed with the Iron Man one. It's very static. Iron Nothing Man, much happens. Uh, Iron Man, X-Men, Blade... Um, I can't remember the rest. There's of a Wolverine one, There's a Wolverine like a solo one as well. One. Um, they've not been very good at all. The entirety of the first episode, the Iron Man one, is basically about his flight itinerary to Japan. Yeah, and it's so slow paced. But, but you should like that, Rob. You want to see Iron in his, you know, his threads. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it'd be interesting to have like a little puzzler in between levels, so that he is, and if he actually manages to complete the suit, he can use it in the next level. You know, um, well, you should have said as, that then. I did say that. You weren't. <laughs> listening you, you made it sound like the entirety of the game was just. Uh, no, I said in between levels. If he does, uh, you know, if you have this puzzle section where he can make a make a suit, you know, and then you'll have whatever big bad boss on that level. If he's got that suit, he has an advantage. If he doesn't have it, then he's just he, uses he, Mark he, Seven. He never said that. He totally never. That suit <laughs> so fashionable. There's nothing I could do against. <laughs> it's accessorizing. Oh, sequins. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have known he had access to rhinestone technology? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've gone a different direction. With that's this, that's but... a t-shirt quote right there. <laughs> anyway, right, anyway. Back on topic. Yeah. So are the, the modern Iron, uh, Marvel cartoons, are they any good? They've been a bit weak. Uh uh, the there's a new Spider-Man one came out. Uh, it's very much a toy line seller. It's all about Spider-Man has access to a lot of vehicles from Shield. And Why? It's, yeah, it it is basically, and all these vehicles are available as he, toys. He can basically so, fly. Yeah. So <laughs> do you need a, a car? Yeah. Toy, yeah. Toys. But Spider-Man's a very easy 
concept to sell to kids because he's basically, it's basically well, it, it's one of the weird things no matter coming, where you are in the world if you're 12 you love Spider-Man it's a coming it's, of age story yeah, though yeah, yeah. people dealing with change in their life and growing up yeah. they have something to relate to in Spider-Man so for that demographic it's a very easy it, to get that wrong is quite disappointing really isn't it yeah that, yeah four times out of five that's really bad in movies yeah yeah real bad Especially have ugly baby faced guy who played him. He <laughs> looks like an ugly baby. He's left in the sun too long. <laughs> what? <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, um, I mean, I'll, when we talk DC, I'll go into this better. But um, DC have got a very good um, thing going on on YouTube and on their per- their personal channel. It's called DC Nation, mm. and it's a lot of animated shorts. Yeah. Uh, in very different styles, and it really captures the essence of some of the characters. And it, it's some of them are quite I've comedic. Seen so, I've seen some of them. Uh, I've seen, uh, I think, the uh, Catwoman one. And well, th- there was things like there was very good ones, like <laughs> yeah. Batman of Shanghai is excellent. Yeah, but um, this is the sort of thing that Marvel could be doing: is having nice little bits like that. That would it's the yeah. uh, putting all the eggs in one basket. I think that's Marvel right now. Yeah, I mean the thing is, the secondary characters never get a look in. Again, no. come back to the sec- come back to the second string of the Marvel universe. You know, you know they will have to start using them. The, I, I think I don't think they have a choice. They're driving themselves into a brick wall. Yeah, and you know, people I, will I, get sick of for Captain America, Iron yeah. Man. I and mean, we know we know from like the Iron Man movies that three is pretty much the limit on anyone's patience. Yeah, he's pretty much said, "I'm, I'm done." Yeah, what? Um, Iron Man's got a really creative rogues gallery mm. that uh, unfortunately the films didn't touch on. Yeah. In terms of, um, he, they gave him very real threats and mostly things he created himself. Yeah. He'll it'll have a reboot. Iron Man at one point. But uh, it, it's too profitable just to let that be. Yeah. I mean, there was an Iron Man tie in cartoon, it was done in CGI. Uh, the mech designs were pretty cool. Um, they actually did something a bit weird with the Mandarin. Well, the new Iron Man cartoon is uh, is this awful high school thing. Yeah, I think that's the one I'm referring to. It was it's about four years old. No, no, but... there's one that's out now, new Iron Man Adventures of Iron Man kind of thing. It's this awful, absolutely god awful one is where it... Tony, uh, Tony, and uh, and uh, Roddy and Pepper are in high school. Mm-hmm. And he is Iron Man in high school. Why? <laughs> I've got to stop the Mandarin, but the prom's tomorrow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why? His Iron Man suit. Okay, we've you know, got has to, a uh, cravat. <laughs> we've got to come up with a plan to beat the Crimson Dynamo and win the Battle of the Bands. <laughs> yes. Anyway, okay. Uh, enough about the animation. I could um, write so much of this. I know. <laughs> Um, what franchises would you like Marvel to develop further as a final kind of graphic literature thing? What franchises from the entirety of the Marvel Universe, and I am including Squirrel Girl, would you like Marvel to develop further? Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> Actually, that would be an interesting one. Yeah, everyone got up in arms about um, about Thor. Uh, well, he's worthy, so what? why not? Yeah. No, uh, about about the about the apparent uh, the apparent uh, feminization of Thor. No, it's, it's it's a different character that just happens no. to have Molnir and inherits the ca- title of Thor. Yeah, which I know. Is what Beta Ray Bill did. Who uh, Beta Ray Bill is a horse-faced alien. Yeah, mm. 
the, the thing, the thing is, well, I, I thought they were turning <laughs> Thor into a woman until you explained it to me. Once you explained it to me, I was like, oh, right, if that's, a, oh, if they, if that's all it is, then that's fine. It's been done loads of times. Yeah. I mean, Eric Masterson was like... The, yeah, but was, this is the internet. They have to be outraged about everything. That's how they work. And that's uh, how they get their power. I mean, what was it? Eric Masterson was a, was a huge, blonde, bearded, homeless guy or something like that. Well, he wore a big trench coat, so I assumed he was homeless. And he inherited the power of Thor. But, yeah, there's, like, so many secondary characters. I think Beta Ray Bill is a particularly interesting one because he's an alternative take yeah. on uh, sort of a household name now. Yeah. If you've... Um, if you've and The latest Loki comic, they've actually tried to go a little bit of a Sandman <laughs> kind of route with it. Yeah. In terms of the art style and, like, the, you know, like, posing questions that rather than That might actually be a good way to go with Loki, though. And, uh... Oh, sorry. Do you know uh, the uh, the interesting thing about Beta Ray Bill is it's one of th- it's one of the few occasions in like all superhero comic books when you know the powers have passed from a human to someone alien and not the other way around. Hang on, Thor's not human. He's a god. But... Humanoid. Yeah. <laughs> human faced. You know. On the, effectively, uh, he's a human. On the opposite side of the spectrum, I think uh, Hawkeye. They are doing some interesting stuff of him now, but it was just one author's take. It was a uh, Matt Fraction who did yeah. his Hawkeye uh, comic. But I think that's an interesting way of talk- sort of taking the spy thriller yeah. uh, approach to a character that is under underappreciated. And I'd like to see a Black Panther comic. He's not very being treated very well, has he? No, he's, he's not, not been treated. He's not been treated at all. That's the problem. Uh, yeah. uh, unless it's he's an Avengers comic, he's he not Ma- actually has his own. He is Marvel's Batman, basically, but he. You know, he destroyed Batman. Well, he's kind of a cross between Iron Man and Batman. Yeah, yeah, he is. Which is a shame because he he got like a really interesting mythology, and they don't do a thing. And we know he can beat Iron Man in a fight because he, he can took beat down all the all, Avengers. He took down it, all the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, at once, in the same room. Yep. I think that dude's a badass. A character that's not had much attention for quite a while. He was in one of the X Men films, but I have been starting on a cosplay for him because I do like him. But uh, my my favorite Banff. Literally, Nightcrawler. Yeah. Oh, Gambit yeah. as well. Gambit. Yeah. Why hasn't Gambit, yeah. Had, no, Gambit had his own comic? I um, know, but oh, he, yeah. he's not... Uh, which was based in New Orleans. He was the, he became the leader of the Guild of Thieves, and then there was a yeah. whole thing with Sinister back in the past, he's when got... Sinister tried to get him to the future, changed his powers so he could actually well, make a... organic things explode. He, was anything, like he wasn't powerful enough. When, when you asked earlier about how the films have affected the comics, yeah. this is one of the things that some of the... the, the important strong characters in the comics have actually had the focus shifted away from them been because excised. of the film they've been excised um, I mean that's happened a few times in the Marvel canon uh, <laughs> for a, because the X uh, during the 90s X-Men comics were the ones the big sellers yeah uh, they actually killed off pretty much all the Avengers yeah the um, Onslaught killed off pretty much every non-mutant superhero apart from Spider-Man and other yeah. big properties. So in terms of Captain America and uh, Iron Man, they were gone for about ten years. It's very considerate of them. Well, I mean, uh, the the, part of that was that <laughs> part of that was this whole. I mean, that was one of the angles that they were actually considering for uh, Avengers two or three was uh, the Kree Shia War, which was Operation yeah. Galactic Storm, when the Avengers split. But um, I mean, uh, and Tony Stark led the attack to murder the uh, Kree's uh, supreme intelligence. For example, um, Deadpool was basically Cable's sidekick for a long run in the comic. Yeah. Now Deadpool is massive, and Cable has been completely sidelined, really. Yeah, but Cable is basically Jane Grey and Scott Summers' son. Hmm. Close. Madeline Pryor's son. 
He was originally Jean Grey and Scott Summers. So ah, yeah, but they said yeah. that Madeline Pryor, who's the clone of Jean Grey, mm. is his actual mother. Yeah, that's now. After, like, how many reboots? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when when Cable first first appeared, and it turned out he was Scott Summers and Jean Grey's son. I remember when this was all fields. <laughs> Don't say that. I actually I actually do. <laughs> right, okay, we are at the end of the show. We're uh, We're pretty much out of time. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was us talking about Marvel. We're going to be talking about DC next week. Mm-hmm. And then the week after is Batman 75th. So, now do let us know who your favourite DC character is, or who you'd like to, which DC character you'd like to see less of. The one with the thing and the stuff. <laughs> him. I like him. The one, the one with the cape. <laughs> no capes. <laughs> right, okay, we have been The Geek Show. I have been... Blank. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you have been. That was very philosophical of you. Yes, I've been Rob. I've been Ryan. I was Dave, I think. Right. I shall. We shall see you all later. Have fun. Take care. And just so everyone knows, our next quiz will be Thursday, the ninth of October. If you do need to get a hold of us um, for any questions, or would like to request music or suggest a theme, you can contact us uh, studio at thegeekshow.co.uk or through Facebook or Twitter at tgs underscore thegeekshow. Excellent. Thank you for listening. Yes, thank you. For 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.